Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. It is good to see you. If we've not yet met, my name is Mark. I'm the pastor here. And today brings the fourth installment in our current message series, which is Hope at the Movies. And I hope that you have uh, experienced this in a, in a fun and a unique way. And today, as you saw from our uh, little bumper there, we're using the movie Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds, to help us understand what it means to see with the eyes of our heart. We'll get into that a little bit deeper in here in a few minutes. Uh, but at my age, I am in that first video game generation. I can remember when uh, my dad got his first handheld Pac-Man game. Did you all remember those? Back in the late 70s, early 80s, a little handheld Pac-Man game. And then uh, shortly thereafter, uh, the piece de resistance, my mom and dad uh, got my brother and me an Atari 2600 for Christmas. And I tell you what, we were hot stuff. You know, it was, it was one of those things where kids in the neighborhood want to come, at the ho- come to the house, and, uh, and the Atari 2600 really changed the game and everything, pun intended. You were able now to play Pac-Man and Space Invaders and Galaga and Centipede, uh, not on one handheld device, but on one single console. Uh, but the issue with it was, uh, was that they really didn't have a whole lot of memory then, and the graphics weren't very great. And so you would have issues with them because they all the, all the games came on little cartridges, right? You put the cartridge in, and sometimes it wouldn't get in all the way, and you turn it on, and it would be all these squiggly lines, and they go, you know, kind of crazy sounds. And then sometimes you would play in the game, and it would glitch, and it would hang up, and then again, you'd kind of get the squiggly lines on the screen, and then you'd have the sound, and you'd have to take it out, take out the cartridge. I don't know why we did it, but we blew in it, right? We blew in the cartridge. Uh, I don't know what that changed. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, I have this idea about God breathing life into Adam at creation. That's the sermon for the day. And so you breathe in the bottom of the cartridge, put it back in. Uh, but sometimes that wouldn't work. Or maybe, maybe you're playing the game, uh, and you were just about to get to a certain point where uh, you were about to uh, beat a boss or whatever, and you'd lose, and you hit the reset button. All those things are so, so different from the way games are, are played now. Uh, and I, I'm not a gamer, don't game much. I mean, occasionally I'll get out something on my iPad or my, or my phone, but I can remember when I, my 30th birthday, Tiffany bought me and Ethan, uh, but me and Ethan, uh, a PlayStation 2. And one of the things that was so cool about having that with the extra cartridge, or the controller, I mean, was that Ethan was able to sit on the floor with me without that controller even plugged in and feel like he was making uh, absolute just banger progress, like a savage on that PlayStation 2. Uh, until the moment he realized he wasn't controlling anything. And that was a reset moment in our relationship. That was a moment where I had to learn how to share my video game system. <laughs> and that was a moment where I, I had to learn to teach him how to play some of these games and get into some of these levels. And um, that was stuff that we did, you know, 
15, 20 years ago, don't do it much anymore at all, but uh, it was one of those reset moments. And I still, I still think about how fun that was to sit on the floor in our living room and our favorite games were Spider-Man, the Spider-Man games, because there was like this free open world where as Spider-Man, you could swing between buildings and you could solve crimes and you could uh, beat up bad guys and things like that. Uh, and then you, if you wanted to get into the mission, you could do that. But I absolutely loved playing some of those wide open games with Ethan where we could just practice web slinging between the buildings and again, you know, stopping bad guys from crimes and things like that. Uh, and even though it came at kind of a gulp moment when I realized I was going to have to share my game with my son, <laughs> I say that with just a little bit of jest, right? But uh, it was awesome. It was special. Something that still sits and resonates with me today. And it did, indeed, hit that reset button, so to speak, in our relationship, and I wouldn't trade anything for it. This might be a good time, if you've not done so already, to pull out your Hope Church Plus app or the message notes inserted inside your info guide as we dig into our content today. But I'm thinking about the reset button. I'm thinking about how video games have expanded. But I'm also thinking about that open universe type play uh, where like what we were able to do with our amazing Spider-Man game, swing between the buildings and just be involved and engaged in it. Now, when we look at our scripture lesson this morning, we're going to basically be breaking down Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 21. We're going to do it in segments and sections, and that should be outlined in your info guide as well as on your Hope Church Plus app. Uh, but this is a beautiful section of Scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote that helps us to get an idea and see uh, some of the themes that we'll see played out in our clip from Free Guy here in a few minutes. But I want to start with these words from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17. This is where the Apostle Paul wrote, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul was asking for wisdom and revelation to empower the new believers. That's what we see here being played out. Paul was asking for this wisdom and revelation. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the idea of Gnosticism. If you happen to remember me talking about Gnosticism, this was a false religion that began to spread right after the resurrection of Jesus. And it centers around this idea that you have to have this special secret knowledge in order to understand what it was and who it was that Jesus is and was and did on our behalf. And so the idea about Gnosticism is that you had to be able to get this secret knowledge in order to understand what it was the revelation of Jesus was all about. Now, so many of Paul's letters, Ephesians being one of them, is about getting into and speaking into the culture of the church to have the whole idea of banishing this secret knowledge from any of the concerns or the care. And why is that? I'm glad you asked. That's because you don't need any special knowledge to be able to receive the revelation of Jesus because Jesus is the revelation. Jesus himself is that knowledge and revelation of God. In John chapter 1, we see about how Jesus is God in the flesh who moved into our neighborhood, so to speak, to live and to work and to serve and minister among us and to show us that the heartbeat of heaven beats for you and me. You don't need any special knowledge or revelation to be able to see Jesus. You see Jesus, you see God. And that's exactly what he said. If you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. For I and the Father am one. You don't need a special knowledge or special revelation to be able to see who God is. 
because Jesus is the revelation of God and is available to all. You don't need to have any special knowledge. You don't need to come from a certain zip code or be able to uh, know how many K's are in Habakkuk. That's one of those jokes that I've used for years that never has really gotten many good laughs. Uh, maybe it's time to retire it uh, or hit the reset button, so maybe I'll try it one more time. But Jesus is the revelation of God and is available to all. And so when Paul makes those words, that statement, about Jesus is the revelation of God, about God lives and loves and desires to save us. That's the knowledge that we need to hold on to. And so then Paul continues by writing what we see in verse 18 through the first part of verse 19. Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he, God, has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Friends, that verse is the, the fulcrum, so to speak, in our message today. Because of what we see with a couple different ideas here. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened to know the hope to which God has called us and the riches of his glory and inher inheritance in his holy people, meaning the gift of salvation and the incomparably great power for those who believe. The big idea here is Jesus helps us to make sense of the past and helps us in daily living. Now, the reason that that's important is because in fighting this false gospel, this false religion known as Gnosticism, everyone was looking to the future. Everyone wanted to try to find a way to make sense of what was going to happen call them prophecies, go to see seers or psychics or something along those lines. The whole idea was to try to help make sense or to know that which is to come. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been so tempted to try to find out or to see or ascertain some type of special knowledge about what's about to happen? Whether it's in shaking a magic eight ball or going to see someone who may want to read your fortune, or do tarot cards, something of the sort, you want to try to get an idea about what is in your future. This all plays into the idea of the false teaching and the false religion. Because what God wants every single one of us to do, bar none, is to trust him with our future. God isn't completely revealing our future to us, except for the knowledge that Jesus will come and will conquer and vanquish evil forever and ultimately. That is the future that he wants you and me to be most concerned about. That the time will come when Jesus will come and set everything right. When Jesus will come and hit that reset button of creation and to carry home every single person who has professed their hope and faith and belief in Jesus as God's one and only Son, that Jesus was raised from the dead, so the power of the grave and sin has no hold on you or me any longer. That's the knowledge that God wants you and me to have. But we struggle with that, don't we? We want to know what the future holds. We want to know what the answers to our greatest questions and our greatest burdens are. But that's not for us to know. We may want it to be, 
That's not the way that it is because God wants us to trust him. So when we see the revelation of Jesus come to us, the knowledge, the glorious inheritance, and the power, it's not talking about what is to come, but to help us make sense of what already has happened and is happening. Jesus' knowledge is to help give you and me the perspective of what has taken place and what has transpired, leading us to this very moment so that we continue to engage the world in faith and in hope and in love for the time when Christ will come back and hit that reset button on creation and bring us all with him to heaven. This is game-changing, folks. Again, pun intended. This is game-changing because what it does is it gives us the perspective that we need to try to understand that bad things have been happening to good people for millennia. Ask Abel after he met with his brother Cain. Bad things have been happening to the faithful for millennia. But God never lets a single one of our tragedies, or triumphs alike, but our tragedies happen in vain. What he wants us to do is to have the faith to know that he is real, right? And then the hope to know that God's way wins in the end and the love that moves us from knowledge to action. And I think therein lies, as Shakespeare would say, the rub. Because if we knew what was going to happen, we might be less inclined to engage with the world to help make it so. Jesus gave the disciples the great commandment before he was ascended into heaven, and he said, go out into the world and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us our marching order, so to speak. He gave us our mission to go out into the world and to share the good news of Jesus with the world. It may seem like a fool's errand for some because people are going to make their own choices. God's going to do what he does. And this reminds us of the story of Jonah. You remember the story of Jonah? He begrudgingly accepted a mission to go to Nineveh only after he spent three days in the belly of the whale and then was vomited up on the shore. And Jonah, even though begrudgingly so, he went into Nineveh and he preached and he taught and he shared the good news of God. Now, this is predating Jesus, but he went and he shared the the gospel, the good news of God, and then people were transformed. And Jonah sits up under a tree And he gets aggravated with God. And he's like, why did you put me through all that? Because I knew that in your grace, you were going to forgive and you were going to save people. What business was it of mine to have to go and suffer through all this stuff? Have you ever wondered a question like that? God asks Jonah essentially, what business is it of yours? I asked you to go do something. I need you to go do it. Jonah's sitting under a tree. God makes the tree grow to provide him shade. And then God takes the tree away. And he said, and you and all your great power, knowledge, and responsibility, did you make that tree grow? And it was a message and a lesson for Jonah, as it is for all of us, that God is inviting us into his rescue mission for humanity, which takes us back into who and what Jesus did. When he said his mission statement in Luke 19.10 is the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. And he invites us in on that. We don't need a special knowledge other than the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. He was raised from the grave, and he has given us 
an offer of salvation through the forgiveness of sins and to go and share that good news with the world. And we may be inclined to say, why is it any skin off my back, right? You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. But Jesus wants us engaged in the world, involved in the world, so that we are all about sharing that good news of hope and salvation and not walling ourselves off in some pristine or precise ghetto, so to speak. We need to be engaged with the world because sometimes the only Bible someone may read will be the story of your life. And when the story of your life intersects and becomes part of God's story, like we talked about last week, it's no longer ours. It belongs to God. And God's story must be proclaimed. This is why we move from where we think we have no role or action to play in God's kingdom to having a vital role to play in the life of somebody else. Which brings us into our clip from Free Guy. As you might have picked up from the trailer that we showed, Guy is the name of the character that Ryan Reynolds plays. He is known in this movie as an NPC, or non-playable character. He's basically an extra, if you will, if you know movies and things. He's kind of like in those Spider-Man games that Ethan and I would go play, some of the, the people who might have been attacked by some of the bad guys. And there was no control over Guy, he just was. He just existed until a moment, and we're going to watch this clip in our movie here in a few minutes, in a few moments, until a moment when he was able to see essentially the eyes of his heart and enlightened so that he was able to fully accept and embrace the world as it really was, not as he simply perceived it without his ability to see as it really, truly was. And so as we watch our clip from Free Guy, pay attention to some of the things that when he puts on those glasses and he's able to see the world for what it is. And he no longer is just an NPC or non-playable character. He becomes a vital part of the story and not just a vital part. He becomes the hero of the story. Perhaps maybe like you or I would be in someone else's life when we are able to see with the eyes of our hearts enlightened the need, the power to save, and the messenger that is Jesus that connects and brings it all together. Let's watch our clip from Free Guy, shall we? Back off. You broke into something. I'm the robber. I said, stay down. What is wrong with the stupid mission? I told you to kick his butt. I'll give them right. I said no. He's just resting. And please, this that man is dead. He's so sleepy. I'm just gonna put your gun down right here.
Excuse me. Do you see this? I'll report on any reports on my desk by Friday. So you see, in some crazy way, Ephesians 1 come to life in this, right? We see that when Guy put on those glasses, he now was able to make sense of the world as it really was. And he was able to find the hope that comes in healing, like the red box, the glorious inheritance and riches, the money on the street. All of a sudden, when he puts on those glasses and he sees the world as it really, truly is, he's able to engage the world in a way he never was able to before. Friends, this speaks loudly about our Christian lives, our life in following Jesus and giving Jesus who we are and letting Jesus take the lead and the reins, so to speak, by becoming our eyes and helping us to see what is all going on around us in the world. And in Jesus, we can find the glorious riches of his inheritance. We can find the hope in the healing. And we can find the power that we need to embrace and engage the world with that hope of Jesus. He found that health box, and it healed him. And it gave him a whole new lease of power. Power. The word power, coming from the Greek, is dynamis from which we get our word dynamite. Dynamite, right? <laughs> I'm showing my age again. Anyway, um, so we get this idea of this power, dynamite. It changes us. It's a chemical change, an all-encompassing transformation. That's the power that Christ wants to bring into your life that changes us and transforms us from the inside out. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19, the second part of verse 19 through Verse 21, that power, the transforming power, is the same as the mighty strength he, meaning Jesus, exerted, or God the Father exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. We see this now bridging, so to speak, of past and present and future, the future that God holds, and he asks us to hold on in faith to see him. And so we can see that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power made available to you and to me today. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that's available to you and me today. It is the power of God's Holy Spirit that comes and envelops our life and it raises us from our old, worn-out, burned-out way of living. And he 
sets us forth into a new mission in faith for hope and connecting the two by love that motivates us and compels us to live for Jesus and Jesus alone. Perhaps you are looking for some faith and some hope in this world. Perhaps you are someone who is unable to see God at work in the world because of all the, I'm self-editing, all the junk that we see in the news, the hate and the evil, even in our own society and our own culture toward God and God's people. Maybe you were looking for some of that hope to try to make sense of the future. Think about the power and the presence of Christ. He was available, I'm mean, not available, but he came in creation. He was active and involved in helping God bring life and power and presence to the world. Our sin got in the way of that. Our sin broke God's heart when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from the fruit in the garden. And then, of course, Cain and Abel shortly thereafter. Noah's Ark and the flood. And God chose a new way to bring about the salvation for every single one of us that comes to the forgiveness of that sin problem that you and I and all of us have. We know in Jesus, we can find that perspective where he was present in the beginning and he died on the cross and was resurrected to break the hold and the power that sin and death have over you and me. And in that salvation that we receive from him, he gives us his power, the Holy Spirit, to resurrect us from the doldrums of our living. Now that means that so frequently we want to know how the story ends, but you know what? We do know how the story ends. He comes back, he vanquishes evil, conquers it ultimately, and carries us off to heaven. He doesn't want to give us the full outlay of how the story's going to end, though, because he doesn't want you and me to become disengaged. He wants us to continue working and struggling and striving so that we can find the salvation that comes when we also are engaged in helping other people know that God is real and he loves us and has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Perhaps you've been looking for a reset button, so to speak, in your life. That that power of Christ may come and resolve the glitches that you have. That maybe you need a new start to start anew before you go and you, you engage the big bad, so to speak, in the world. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that Christ is present and his power is available for you and for me and for all the world at all times. Right here and right now. I want to close by looking at Acts chapter 26, verses 17 through 18. And we see in this verse here, like I put parenthetically there on the screen, Jesus is saying to Paul, Paul relay, is relaying this part of the story, but Jesus is saying to Paul, I will rescue you from your own people <laughs> and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them, hallelujah, right? Turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is the mission and the message of Jesus available for everyone. What we see in this is that Jesus himself, he hit that reset button, allowing us to start anew when we start with him 
in faith. Jesus himself hit the reset button, allowing us to start anew when we start with faith. And so, friends, if you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, do not let this moment and this day pass you by. He is the embodiment of God's presence and power in our lives right here and right now. He came to live to show us that the heartbeat of heaven beats for you and me. He died on the cross to conquer the power of sin and evil and death that seems to try to reign over you and me. But when we accept him, he gives us his power, the same power that rose him from the grave so that we can engage the world with his love and in his strength. He wants to awaken our eyes, the eyes of our heart, so that once we are in Christ, we can see the world as it really truly is, this spiritual dimension, and in him find the hope and the healing and find in him the power to face the world unafraid, the future, as it were, and to find the glorious riches of the inheritance that comes for you and for me when we place the hope of our life in him. So in faith, know that Jesus is exactly who he said he is, that he was risen from the grave to conquer the power of sin and death over us. Have the hope that his way wins in the end and feel the power of his love that is propelling us into the future to join him on his rescue mission for humanity. That even in our brokenness and our help that it comes from him, we may help others know that God is real he loves us and has a purpose for our lives right here and right now. Are you with me? I want to say a prayer, invite the band up to the stage to close us in our service with Psalm this morning. And if you would like to pray a little more, asking God into your heart, let me know. I'll be right here on the front. Almighty God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for something as simple and silly as a movie called Free Guy. But with the power of your Son and our Savior Jesus, you give us the love that transforms us and changes us and removes us from our binding to this world that is full of death and decay to find the hope that we need to live anew. When we receive who you are and what you've done in our lives, Lord God, you give us that power and enable our eyes to see the world as it really truly is. And so, Lord God, as we open our hearts and our minds to receive the message and the presence and power of your Son and our Savior Jesus, I pray that our lives may, lies, I'm sorry, that our eyes of our heart may be awakened in our lives, that we may see how you are at work in us today, how your fingerprints have been on us forever, and how we can move into the future, not necessarily knowing what it holds, but the fact that you are the one who holds it. And so, Lord God, for those who are to be set free today from the power of sin and hopelessness. We know that celebrations are breaking out in heaven. And we know that a whole new lease of life is being gained for those who place their hope and their trust in you. And so, Lord God, give us the grace that we need to save us, the perspective that we need to trust in you, and the power that changes us until you come and take us home forever. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.
Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.